Welcome to today's edition of the Bible Class. Our teacher, Dr. Kenneth C. Hill, is teaching from the New Testament book of 1 John. You may send your questions by email through our website at whcbradio.org. That's whcbradio.org. Or you may mail those questions to the Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Bluntville, Tennessee, 37617. And now, here's Dr. Hill with today's lesson. Welcome to the Bible class. We're continuing our study in the epistles of John. And we're in the largest of John's epistles, 1 John. There are five chapters in 1 John, and we are in the final and fifth chapter of this amazing epistle. We've just completed a study of the first five verses, and I would like to read those once again in context to set us up for the next set of verses to follow. Whosoever believeth that Jesus is the Christ is born of God, and everyone that loveth him that begat loveth him also that is begotten of him. By this we know that we love the children of God, when we love God and keep his commandments. For this is the love of God, that we keep his commandments, and his commandments are not grievous. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? Without going back and studying all five verses, I just want to point out the victory that you have, according to verse 4, is in Jesus Christ because of our faith we have the victory. If we didn't believe... If we didn't have our faith in Jesus Christ, then we would not have victory. So the victory that overcomes the world is faith. Our faith. And it's not faith in faith. It's not faith in ourselves. It's faith in Jesus Christ, as it says in verse 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world... And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. There's an old hymn, one from the late 1800s, that Ira Sankey had a part in. It's called, Faith is the Victory. And it's based upon this verse, 1 John chapter 5, verse 4. Now, if you've never heard the song, I'm certainly not going to try to sing it for you, but I do want to read at least part of the poetry of the song, because it takes us into the theology that's given here in 1 John chapter 5. And that's the one thing that a true hymn will always do. It will take you to theology, the knowledge of God. And if it doesn't, it's not a hymn. It's a song, but it's not a hymn. Hymns always take you to Almighty God and the theology of God. 
Encamped along the hills of light, ye Christian soldiers rise, and press the battle ere the night shall veil the glowing skies. Against the foe and veils below, let all our strength be hurled. Faith is the victory, we know, that overcomes the world. His banner over us is love, our sword, the word of God. We tread the road the saints above with shouts of triumph trod. By faith they like a whirlwind's breath swept on o'er every field. The faith by which they conquered death is still our shining shield. On every hand the foe we find drawn up in dread array. Let tents of ease be left behind and onward to the fray. Salvation's helmet on each head, with truth all girt about. The earth shall tremble neath our tread, and echo with our shout. To him that overcomes the foe, white raiment shall be given. Before the angels he shall know his name confessed in heaven. Then onward from the hills of light our hearts with love aflame will vanquish all the hosts of night in Jesus' conquering name. And the chorus that they put in to help us understand the truth of 1 John 5, 4, Faith is the victory, faith is the victory, O glorious victory that overcomes the world. My friend, how it is so true and yet so often forgotten that victory is ours through faith in Jesus Christ. Do not forget that you have victory through faith in Jesus Christ. You are not conquered, but you are a conqueror. You have the victory. Who is he that overcometh the world, but he that believeth that Jesus is the Son of God? My friend, if you have placed your faith in Jesus Christ, you are an overcomer, and you have already overcome the world. We're in that position of being in the world, not of the world. We're in that position of not yet seeing clearly those things that God has prepared for us and already accomplished for us. It's unfortunate that we have such limited sight, but that's the way it is for us as human beings. But one day soon that sight shall become complete. And we will see that we indeed not only were on the winning side, but we are victorious in all things through faith in Jesus Christ. Verse 6. 1 John chapter 5, verse 6, This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. And it is the Spirit that beareth witness, because the Spirit is truth. For there are three that bear record in heaven, the Father, the Word, and the Holy Ghost. And these three are one. And there are three that bear witness in earth, the Spirit, the water, and the blood. These three agree in one. If we receive the witness of men, the witness of God is greater, for this is the witness of God, which he testifieth of his Son. He that believeth on the Son of God hath the witness in himself. He that believeth not, God hath made him a liar, because he believeth not the record that God gave of his Son. 
And this is the record that God gave, uh, hath given unto us eternal life, and his life is in his Son. Let's look at the first uh, ten verses, actually verses 6 through 10. Three witnesses are presented in this portion of Scripture. These depict our Lord's position as Son of God. The water, the blood, and the Spirit. The Gnostics from Corinth were the ones that John was writing to um, confront and to bring the truth to. And their teaching was becoming very widespread. And so the Apostle John here tries to combat the evil with the truth. It was being taught by the Gnostics, and it's a false teaching. You want to understand it's a false teaching. So when I mention this, it's not that I'm teaching this. It is a false teaching, what the Gnostics taught. They were heretical, and they still are, if there are any around you today. But it was being taught falsely that the baptism of Jesus, the divine being of Christ, came upon a human Jesus. In other words, the incarnation was not at the birth of Christ, the birth of Jesus, I should say, the human flesh, but it was only at the baptism of Christ that the Spirit of God came upon the human. And then they went on to teach falsely that Christ... God himself, and laid aside the human frame of Jesus the man when Jesus was on trial and before he came to crucifixion. And that was absolutely false. Here the apostle declares that the one who died on the cross was the same one who was baptized by John the Baptist. There was never a time of separation between Jesus and Christ. He was always, and always will be, Jesus Christ, the eternal Son of God. This is he that came by water and blood, even Jesus Christ, not by water only, but by water and blood. The water refers to Christ's baptism at Bethbara, and that was, of course, that place beyond the Jordan. It was at the time that our Lord officially began his earthly ministry, not as a human, as the heretics taught, but as God-man, fully God and fully man. And then later, he died on the cross for the sins of the world. John the baptizer testified to Christ's deity in first, excuse me, in John chapter 1, verses 32, 33, and 34, uh, John the baptizer is quoted in this fashion, I saw the Spirit descending from heaven like a dove, and it abode upon him, and I knew him not. But he that sent me to baptize with water, the same said unto me, Upon whom thou shalt see the Spirit descending and remaining on him, the same is he which baptizeth with the Holy Ghost. And I saw and bear record that this is the Son of God. So John the baptizer had no question that he was baptizing the Son of the living God, 
fully the God-man. Also, uh, in addition to John the baptizer's testimony, God the Father also gave witness to Christ as his son at that baptism. In Matthew 3.17, we have this recorded, And lo, a voice from heaven, saying, This is my beloved Son, in whom I am well pleased. So then, in consequence, we have a response to the false claim of the Gnostics, and John substantiated the fact that our Savior both began and ended his earthly ministry as Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, both human and divine. And uh, John says the facts of Christ's deity and humanity were established not by water only, but by water and blood. The Lord Jesus Christ did not die a martyr's death. It's been prefigured that he did, but he did not die a martyr's death. Not at all. He was God. He was not taken by surprise. He was not taken uh, without plan. This was the plan of God from before the foundations of the earth, according to God's word. And so here we see that he was very God pouring out his life's blood to atone for your sin and mine. In fact, far beyond us to atone for the sin of humanity. The blood of Christ was of greater value in his veins than when it was shed on the cross, according to some. But this is not what the Bible says. In 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19, we read this, and this is for you. For as much as ye know that ye were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ, as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You see, the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed on the cross at Calvary was called here precious blood. It was precious because it was undefiled. Christ's own sacrifice, his blood, was offered as God's perfect sacrifice to atone for all sin. If it had not been without spot, without blemish, without any uh, hint of sin, then it would not have been precious blood, nor would it have been a perfect sacrifice. When the first Adam the one that we call the federal head of the human race, sinned, the bloodstream of humanity became defiled according to what we understand from Scripture. From that moment on, each of us inherited that uncleanness. We became, according to Isaiah chapter 64, verse 6, as an unclean thing in all our righteousness as... That's plural. All our righteousness, righteousnesses are as filthy rags. 
and we all do fade as a leaf, and our iniquities, like the wind, have taken us away. You know that we have it in Scripture in Leviticus and uh, in other points in the Old Testament that the life of the flesh is in the blood. God told us that. But this is what he also said in Leviticus chapter 17, verse 11. I have given it to you upon the altar to make an atonement for your souls, for it is the blood that maketh an atonement for the soul. The cross was the altar where God made an atonement for the soul in the offering of the precious blood of his Son, Christ Jesus, for the souls of all humanity. And so... The heretics of John's day saw Jesus as merely a man. Notice, they were and are still heretics. To those heretics of that day and even of this day, they may describe Jesus Christ as a good man but frail in flesh, like every human. They are false teachers. They are to be avoided. You're not to be in their churches. You're not to support them with your giving. They are false teachers. They preach the same kind of Jesus that the Gnostics preached. A good man, a poached egg, if you will. Someone that thought he was something better than he was because he proclaimed that he was the very Son of God. Well, you see, the Christ of the Bible is not a man-made Savior who was weak and helpless, but he is the one that gives the victory not only to us, but he himself obtained the victory, claimed the victory, won the victory on the cross at Calvary, not as some weakling, but as the strength of God personified in human flesh. Jesus the Christ, the Son of the living God, died for you and died for me. Those who would preach or teach a view of some wimpish human Jesus as opposed to Jesus fully God and fully man, they're blinded by their sins. They're on the road to hell and to damnation, and they're taking those who would follow them with them to eternal destruction. They have never seen the light. The scales have never fallen from their eyes. They have never, never, ever understood the warmth of the forgiveness of the victory that we have through Jesus Christ, our Lord. Many who looked upon Jesus saw him as simply a peasant from Nazareth. Others thought him to be a great teacher or a prophet. But there were some whose eyes were opened, and they saw him as the truth that he was, the very eternal Son of God. 
Those were the ones that yielded their lives to his control. Remember what Christ asked of Peter? Whom say ye that I am? And what did Peter say? He very boldly confessed, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. We find that in Matthew sixteen fifteen through 16. Whom say ye that I am? asked Christ Jesus. And Peter, in boldness, said whom he was. Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. Thank you for joining us today for this edition of the Bible Class with Dr. Kenneth C. Hill. You may reach us by email by going to our website, whcbradio.org, and sending us an email on the Contact Us link. That's whcbradio.org. If you prefer to use the Postal Service, our address is The Bible Class, WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Blountville, Tennessee, 37617. That's The Bible Class, care of WHCB, Post Office Box 5, Buffalo, Tennessee, 37617. You may also call us at 423-878-6279. Until our next Bible class program, we are trusting that the Lord will richly bless you as you serve Him.